Welcome to the Semicolon Podcast. This is a safe place to discuss a variety of topics centered around mental health. I am your host, Ashley McClellan, a social worker who has learned a lot about mental health along the way. I am here to be a voice, to support, and to learn with you all. Emotional pain, depression, trauma, sexual abuse, physical abuse, being bullied, being damaged, losing a family member, a friend, or a significant other, feeling alone, feeling worthless, hopelessness. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Semicolon Podcast. Thank you to everyone that is here listening. It is September 1st, meaning it is National Suicide Prevention Month. So for the month of September, my episodes will be centered around suicide prevention. I opened up this episode listing some of the reasons why a person may attempt suicide. I myself have attempted suicide. But before I get deeper into this episode, if you are actively having suicidal thoughts, I ask that you do not listen to this episode and that you call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 800-273-TALK. Even though I will be doing a lot of encouraging throughout this episode, I will also be talking about my suicide attempt, and I don't want that to be a trigger for anyone. Back to the regular scheduled program. So let's get into this episode. This episode will talk a lot about suicidal ideation, also known as suicidal thoughts, and my suicide attempt. So for as long as I can remember, I have struggled with suicidal ideation. The very first memory that pops into my head, I don't recall the age, but I know I was in grade school, but I don't know the grade because this incident happened at home. And I recall taking a bath and I don't know I was mad at my mom she was mad at me she was yelling I don't know what the situation was that took place but all I could remember while sitting in that tub is that I was wishing that she would come in there and drown me so that's my very first memory that that pops up in my head that I still remember to this day The second memory that I recall very vividly is that I was in sixth grade. And again, I don't know what the situation was that that happened between my teacher and I, but I remember sitting at my desk crying, crying my eyes out like I always do. And I was sticking a vein on my wrist with a very sharp pencil. And the teacher told the students in the class to ignore me because I was doing it for attention. And she also ignored me. 
And she allowed me to sit there and cry and stick my bang with a pencil. Not trying to figure out like, you know, like, is this a cry for help or what is going on? So I can't lie that that hurt. And I still remember that incident to this day. So from there on, throughout high school, throughout college, my friends and family have received numerous texts on how I didn't want to live, you know, how I just wanted to die, ways I wanted to die and things like that. And they have always, you know, responded very quickly, called, text me back, encouraged me. And, you know, so especially throughout grade school, high school, and college, it was just a thought because I was always fearful of actually dying. And the number one reason is because I don't like pain, even though I have a lot of tattoos, but mainly because I knew I would be hurting so many people close to me. But during my thoughts, that didn't matter. What mattered is ending the pain that I was enduring. I'm like, well, what about my pain? What about the days when you all are not here, when I'm laying in my bed crying for hours? What about my pain ending? So in my thoughts, that's all that really mattered. But I knew if I chose to, you know, attempt suicide or, you know, die or whatever the case may be, I know I would be hurting a lot of people. But like I said, in my thoughts, ending my pain, Trump, all of that. So it wasn't until December of 2017 that I actually had a plan. And I just recall like that entire day just crying, either laying in my bed crying. I even moved to the floor, balled up on the floor crying. Uh, Again, I live alone, so... When my thoughts get to me, they get to me. And it just feel like I'm trapped in my apartment. I'm trapped with my thoughts. I'm trapped alone. So that particular day, I I just had enough. Like, I was just tired of crying. So I literally laid out every single pill that I could find in my cabinet. So I had it laid out on the floor. And then I also had a kitchen knife. So while I was just sitting there crying, I sent a text to my friends like usual, my to my friends and family. And I recall my best friend Mia called calling right away, you know, trying to calm me down. She listened to me cry, she listened to me yell, she listened to me scream. She listened to me being in distress. And then my um, best friend, Idessa, came over right away. So they were on the phone together trying to figure out, you know, what was wrong with me. I'm like, I'm just tired. 
Like, what, that's what people don't understand. I'm just tired. And so even my friend Stephanie, she drove an hour from Chicago just to, you know, be here by my side. And with me actually having a plan that day, I knew I needed help. So we talked about, you know, possibly going to a behavior health hospital. And again, I work in foster care. I I deal with this on a daily basis. You know, I, I know the protocol. But for me to actually experience it, it, it was a different experience. And I will talk about that in my next next episode. So, um, but like I said, I knew I needed help because it's like I always had thoughts such as, crashing my car drowning even driving my car for bridge and you know having all the windows up and drowning that way slitting my wrist and what whatever you may I had had have had so many crazy thoughts run through my head but I never had a plan so I knew I needed help So I was admitted to a psych hospital where I spent two days. And again, I will talk more about that in my next episode. So fast forward to July of this year. It was just like one thing after another. And I just felt like the year before last, I mean, the year before last, I would say 2018 was a pretty okay but there was still some you know stress from work and you know stress from relationships and things like that so but the beginning of this year it was a lot for me and you know I wasn't talking to neither one of my parents work was stressful and I kept allowing people to hurt me instead of just walking away you know I kept allowing people to hurt me and it it was it became unbearable and so this all happened before the holiday before the 4th of July and whenever there's a holiday at my agency we close at 2 the day before so I had got off Wednesday at 2 And seriously, you all, from that day up until Saturday night, literally crying my eyes out. So, remind you, I I cried Wednesday. I cried Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I was just so tired. So, Saturday, that particular day, which led up to my suicide attempt, I went to go see someone. And that didn't that didn't work out as it didn't go as planned or how I hoped it would go, and that was just the icing on the cake. So I was in another I, I was in another city, so I was driving all the way home, still crying. You remind you, it's going on about probably like eight some that night, still crying my eyes out. So the first person I called was my best friend Brewery. And when she answered, the first thing 
out of my mouth was, I thought I was a good person and why do people keep hurting me? So she tried her best to, you know, calm me down. And granted, she just had a baby. You know, she had kids at home. But she did say, I will see if mama could watch the kids and I'll try to come see you. Mind you, she lives in the city as well. So from there, you know, we hung up and I was just still, I, I just couldn't take it. So then I called my friend Maria because I have, you know, been going to Maria a lot just to vent to vent to her about work about personal things in my life and she is a therapist so you know I just needed I just needed that so she didn't answer so I left a voicemail pouring my heart out and then she called me back less than 10 minutes she told me that she just got home she was out you know, and she heard the distress in my voice and everything. And she was like, send me your address. I'm on my way now. And then she put in her GPS. She's like, I'll be there within 30 minutes. She's like, don't do anything. Wait for me. And I'm like, okay. So once she arrived, you know, we came up to my apartment and, you know, I just literally poured my heart out and just told her, like, I'm tired. I'm tired and it's like people just didn't understand and you know she she talked to me she empathized with me she encouraged me she did everything you know that you would want somebody to do in this situation and her like voice is very calming. She understood, you know, she didn't make me feel bad or guilty or, you know, anything like that. It was just, you know, a positive interaction. But at the same time, I'm like, but no, today is going to be the day. Today is the day because I'm tired and I can't take anymore. So she even looked up a um a yoga session for us to go to in the morning. She's like, you know, I cook breakfast, we could go to the yoga section, then we could have um lunch and everything like that. So I'm like, okay. And then she was like, Do you want to come over tonight? Like you could spend the night and it like again, in the back of my head, I knew what I was gonna do. And I didn't want anyone or anything to stop that. So I'm like, no, no, Maria, assuring her. So assuring her, like, no, I'll be fine tonight. I'm just going to go to sleep. I said, I'll be there first thing in the morning. You know, she even said, I could stay here if you want. I'm like, no, Maria, it's, it's perfectly fine. I, I'm fine. You were here. You, she was here for like a little over an hour you know, just talking to me. And, you know, I'm like, no, it's fine. I'll be fine tonight. So she was like, okay. And she, she trusted me. So I walked her out. And when she left, I went back upstairs to get my keys and my wallet. And I went to the liquor store and grabbed a bottle of wine. And then I came home and I wrote out what I was going to send to, you know, family and friends on my, on the notes 
um, app on the phone and took a shower, brushed my teeth, did everything I needed to do. So I just had a brand new bottle of Tylenol. So I Googled what happens if you take, you know, more the more than a dose that's recommended within so many hours and it's like you could have liver failure and if you have liver failure then you could die so i'm like okay this seems like a painful a less painful well not painful you know way because like again i don't like pain so i started to send out the text and immediately you all people were calling back to back people texting and that really just encouraged me to really hurry up and take all of the pills so it was about 10 pills at 500 milligrams each and I think within 24 to 36 hours you're not supposed to you know go above a thousand milligrams or probably even 500 but again I again 10 pills 500 milligrams each so I'm like okay this should do it and so I recall you know feeling very lightheaded my stomach started to hurt because I I, um, drunk like half of the bottle of the wine with the pills and then I recall waking up in the ambulance they put something over my like nose and mouth that made me cough and then all I could hear is someone a man in the background I need you to cooperate I need your name I need to know what you how many pills you took everything like that and the first thing out of my mouth was like I just want to sleep I'm tired and I want to sleep And I don't want to open my eyes ever again. And, you know, he was trying to empathize. But he was like, I need you to corroborate. So I gave them everything they needed. My name, my age, date of birth, how many pills I took. And then I recall just being rushed to the emergency room. So... Again, in my next episode, I would talk more about, because again, I was hospitalized because I was a danger to myself. I was being unsafe, and especially since I actually attempted, right off the bat, they hospitalized me. So again, I would talk about that in my next episode and my experience with being hospitalized and the treatment I received. So with all that being said, I know many of you may have tears in your eyes at this point. Yes, it's difficult to listen to. But the most important piece to take away is that I'm okay. I'm I'm alive. And I'm still here with you all. I'm thankful. And I'm healing. And it's been a long journey because it's like, you all, I give so much of myself to others. And I feel like people don't appreciate it. I put people happiness before my own. And I help out because I've always been the type of person that 
I want to be the person someone can count on. Like, if somebody hit me up and they may need anything, whether it's, you know, whatever it may be, even if I don't have it, I make a way because it's like, I don't want to let people down. But it's like, so many people have let me down. So it's like, I'm learning to love me a whole lot more. I'm learning to never again let anyone have that much control over my feelings where I get to the point where I just feel like I can't live life. So for the people that are struggling, trust me, there is at least one person who loves you. And when I was in that emergency room, there were like 10 people that showed up. And remind you, I probably got there around... 11 is going on 12 and they only let you know one person come back one by one and the last person literally left at three but for 10 people to 3 a.m in the morning but for 10 people to show up in that waiting room to come back there and tell me like ashley we need you you got people out there that love you you are a great person and i knew of all these things But it's still, again, the pain. And today, I'm still trying to work through that pain because it's a lot. And living alone don't make it any better, but I can't lie. I can't do do a roommate. I can't. I had bad experience with that. But, you know, it's like I have to learn to be at peace. And for the people that's struggling, I want you to remember that you are enough. Remember, weapons formed against you shall not prosper. It never said that the weapons weren't formed because I didn't have so many weapons formed against me. But they shall not prosper. And no one ever said life would be easy. Life is a constant battle. And never feel that you are alone. And that's how I felt. That Saturday night, I felt alone. I felt worthless. I just had so many negative emotions and feelings against myself. And I'm like, what's the point of being here? What's the point? But you are not alone. And don't feel like you have to go through this alone. Oh, you guys. (laughs) But sometimes it's okay not to be okay. But you have to know your support system. And I know for me, that's very important. Even though I, I know my support system, I can name so many people. Like the list could go on and on. That's how many people I'm close to, people I have good relationships with. Like I have a, a very long list and people that I could call my support system. But it's about me utilizing that support system when something goes wrong. So I'm actually starting to do that to this day. You know, I'm starting to spend more time with people because before I would blow off plans. I wouldn't go if I get invited to things. I'll make up an excuse because it's just like, again, I didn't want to 
want to burden people with my problems or I just didn't, you know, if I didn't feel like just feeling the vibe or whatever the case may be, I'm like, I just rather just stay home and stay stuck in my feelings. So again, your story isn't over. You matter. You are enough. You are worthy. You are strong. When you feel like giving up, remember why you held on for so long. So keep fighting. Keep living. So to everyone that is listening to this, I want you to do something for me. I want you to, I want you to take your hand and place your hand over your heart. I'm giving you all a few seconds. Is it there? <laughs> Hear many of you probably saying yes. <laughs> so do you feel that? Do you feel your heart beating? Do you hear your heart beating? Are you aware that your heart is beating? That is called purpose. And we are alive for that reason. So like I have shared in, you know, one of my episodes, I know I have a purpose here. I know why I was born, you know, so it's all about finding your purpose, knowing your purpose and living out that purpose. So please don't ever forget that. You never know what someone is going through. So always check on your friends, especially those friends that may be goofy, the friends that may be successful, the friends that may be quiet or whatever. Check on the people close to you. A simple text like, hey, I'm just checking in. How are you doing? And I can't lie. I like, you know, close myself off sometimes. So people don't hear from me, but that's because I'm going through my own problems. And I know people may be going through their own stuff. So it's like, I'm not going to burden you with my problems because you're going through your own stuff. But no, check on your friends. Even if, if it's a quick call, a quick text, like, hey, I'm just checking in on you. I hope everything is going well. So suicide is preventable. And if you know someone at risk, please call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 800-273-TALK. Again, that number is 800-273-TALK. Thank you all, and I can't wait to talk to you all in my next episode.